Good morning, and welcome to Overeating Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is February 8, 2019, and today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in Bill's story on page 7. We're going to be reading the second paragraph, focusing on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Lauren N., Jen A., Barbara E. The reference numbers for for yesterday, February 7th, 7 a.m. meeting is 12,518. That's 12518. And for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 12,520. That's 12520. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary, primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the still to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for DNF to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Deanne. Good morning. This is Deanne F. from Long Island. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Deanne. I will now ask for Christina L. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Christina. 
Press star one to unmute, Christina. Where are you, Christina? Christina, we can't hear you. If you could press star one, please. This is Janice. I can read those 12 steps if you need somebody. Yes, Janice, could you please go ahead? That would be great. If you need me, I can read it too. This is Barbara. That's okay. We got Janice on the line. Thank you so much, Janice. Please go ahead. Okay, good morning. Yes, she's the backup. I should have waited. All right. Um, these are the thank you. Um, <clears throat> the 12 steps of Overeat is Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Janice, Janice we're on the traditions. We need the traditions read. Oh, my, my, my. Okay, boy, oh, boy. I apologize. Okay. No problem. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, our group purpose. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, OA, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction, rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media or communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for the privilege. Thank you, Janice. Appreciate it. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. 
Our absence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bill's story on page seven on the second paragraph, and I'm going to ask Lauren N. to get us started. Go ahead, Lauren. Good morning. This is Lauren N. from New York, uh, Compulsive Overeater Sugar Addict. It relieved me somewhat to learn that in alcoholic, that in Alcoholics, the will is amazingly weakened when it comes to combating liquor. Though, if often re, it often, though if often remains strong in other respects, my incredible behavior in the face of a desperate desire to stop was explained. Understanding myself now, I fared forth in high hope. For th- For three or four months, the goose hung high. I went to town regularly and even made a little money. Surely it was the answer. Self, surely this was the answer. Self-knowledge. Wow. Surely self-knowledge was the answer. That I was allergic to sugar. That I was allergic to that I had allergic foods, that there was, that I, if I got off of all these allergic foods, I would not want to eat them again. Surely that was the answer. However, it wasn't, and it still isn't. I've been off of my allergic foods for over two and a half years. And there are still times that I will look at something with something, one of my go-to binge foods and will make love to it with my eyes. Will long for that taste, even though I know totally know in my heart that if I did it, if I took a little taste, I would be up to almost 300 pounds again within seconds. I've been there before. I've done it. I know the ramifications. So self-knowledge has done me no good. Self-knowledge has done me no good. The only thing that has gotten me through these periods, those periods of times when I've looked at it with and made love to something that I know I can't go near is the knowledge that I have, you all, that I have a higher power that will help me get through this. And it's with that 
that I am so grateful and so loving and so happy that I have this recovery in my life. As we go on, we will read more about what that that spiritual awakening is. And thank God I have that today. I have that because I work this program every day like my hair is on fire. Some days I'm not perfect and I don't do everything I should do. But thank God I do better than I did the day before, most days. And it's with that that I pass. Thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you, Lauren Ann. Okay, so we're now going to open the line for shares. If you shared in the last day or two, please give the courtesy to those who have not. And we'll be focusing on that paragraph on page 7, the second paragraph only. Who would like to share? Charles H. Lisa B. Leanne W. Katie F. Lydia. Katie F. Barbara E. Nancy R. Okay, I have, I missed someone here. I have Charles H., Lisa B., Katie F., Barbara E., Nancy R. I think there was someone before Barbara E. Who was that, please? Leanne W. Leanne. Hoodie R. And Hoodie. All right, we're going to stick with that. Okay, Charles H., Lisa B., Katie F., Barb E., Nancy R., Leanne W., Hoodie R. Charles H., you are up. Thank you very much, Amy G, for your service. Charles H., uh, recovered compulsive overeater. So it jumps out to me in that paragraph. Hi, baby, I love you. You are the future. <laughs> what jumps out to me in that paragraph is how does Superman stay away from kryptonite? That's right, baby, by, by, by admitting powerlessness. That's how Superman stays away from kryptonite. And it says, you know, going up the road, I believe it's page 10 or 11, one of them pages. Um, has that power originated in Superman? Uh, not so much. Um, he was granted that power, supernatural power, because maybe he could stay away for a day, maybe two, maybe a month, but somehow kryptonite, and, and kryptonite could be in the form of resentment. Kryptonite could be anxiety. Kryptonite could be you know, living in New York and going to work on a bus and everybody stepping on you because you kind of got long feet and um, jumping in front of you and trying to jockey for position, you know, things like things like that that happen, you know, on a daily basis, sometimes on a 7 a.m. meeting. You know, supernatural power is when you don't allow those kryptonite of, of, of life to, to, to stifle you because, you know, I thought it was the food that was kryptonite, but really it's my emotions that's kryptonite. So, you know, if I utilize these steps, and Bill will find out through some more experience, right? How do you gain, how, how do you gain power through experience of weakness? And, you know, in closing, it says in, in hard works, paradoxically, weakness is really strength when I admit that on a daily basis. So thank you. Vision for you. Thank you, moderator, and thank you, all kind people, for doing service. And I pass. 
Amy, we don't hear you. Who is next up? Lisa B. I can go ahead. Thank you. Yes, go ahead. Thank you. Thanks. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I love this reading, and thank you, everyone, for your service. I love when it talks about understanding myself now, and that reminds me of when my mother, I was sharing with her what I had been doing and the food and the fear and the powerlessness and despair I felt, and she shared with me in her observation that it was the same suffering that my brother was suffering with his drug addiction. And I thought, wow, maybe that's the answer. I just need to understand this more. So I looked into books and therapy, and I thought that's the answer. But you know what? Today what I'm confronted with still as a recovered compulsive overeater is that self-knowledge is not the answer. It's not the answer. And it takes me to on page 62, which we'll be discovering many, many pages from now in our meeting, where it says, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid, that my troubles are of my own making. They arise out of myself. So it really was never about the food. It's just this compulsion, that hand-to-mouth, the addiction to the substances, but really what's driving me is that malady, and that's why I need the 12 steps. The 12 steps through this big book, through the doctor's opinion and the first 164 pages treats the mental aspect, which is the worst aspect. But I never really knew that when I was at this point on page 7. And I just want to share that, how today I am still confronted with that. That's why I need to stay in these steps and that the problems I deal with today are still arising out of myself. It's always about the example of being self-will run riot and that I often don't think so. (laughs) So anyways, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to know I'll never have a diploma. I'll never arrive, but I'm grateful to be in this happy, joyous, free, and this useful life. Thank you. I passed. Thank you, Lisa B. Katie F., you're up. Hopefully, Katie, you can hear me. This is Katie Epp, a recovered compulsive overeater, and I Katie, love this paragraph. Hey, Katie, can you hear me? Okay, great. Thanks. Sorry. Go ahead. I was talking. Can you hear me? Yes, Katie. Please go ahead. Sorry. Uh, okay. This is Katie Epp, a recovered compulsive overeater. And I love this paragraph because it's just so much what I did. You know, I came to OA um, when I was 14, thought it was crazy, and went back and successfully dieted for seven years. But, you know, after a few months, I would go back to eating. And then I came back to OA when I was 21 and and got so much knowledge in these rooms that um, but I just couldn't stay abstinent because – I was trying to do it myself. I, was, I would take, you know, little things that I would learn at meetings and say, okay, it's it. This is it. I, I need to not be so fearful. And, you know, I'm just so fearful all the time that that's what my problem is, is I'm afraid. And so I would work on that. And then I would work on another thing and another thing. And, and then I got to where, you know, I just thought if I just was doing in my life what I really wanted to do, then I won't have to eat. Like I just completely miss the whole point of this program um, and my eating got worse and worse and worse. And so, 
self-knowledge didn't, didn't help me one bit. Um, and then when I did finally uh, go to a meeting that was much more structured and, and I was willing to do whatever I was told to do and open-minded, um, I didn't even know I was. But when I <clears throat> asked someone to be my sponsor and she said, well, do you have a food plan? And I said, oh, I know what to eat. I mean, my self-knowledge was still you know, trying to run the show of my life. And she said, well, no, that's not what we do. And I said, okay. And that was the first time that I stopped with my self-knowledge and stopped thinking that I could figure this out. And I just need a little information. Yeah, 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 I got it. No, I don't have it. And today, you know, I don't have it in every area of my life. I have used this program. I've, I've, you know, gotten the food um, in order. I don't eat those binge foods and I have total neutrality with food. And with the rest of my life, I can work these steps on how to function in every area as life changes over and over again through these many decades of being in these rooms. I, I don't ever arrive. My self-knowledge never um, excludes me from needing this program. And I'm very grateful with that I'll pass. Thank you, Katie F. Barbara E., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Barbara E. I just got a text message that I spoke yesterday, so I would like to pass and make room for the next person. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you for your courtesy. Nancy R., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. Um, my name is Nancy R. Uh, I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And I say that today with, with much humility and and uh, gratitude uh, because I've been in the program for years. And I, like the uh, writer, I thought that uh, understanding myself, understanding when I came in and, I, and it was explained to me that I had the disease, um, it was such a relief to find out what was wrong with me. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't delve into um, the obsession of the mind and the allergy of the body. And for so many years, I really thought I understood. I heard it, I heard it but I didn't internalize it. Because, um, like the writer says, that in other areas, um, my will had been quite strong. I was I was successful in most of my other, in, uh, particularly my uh, uh, career endeavors and in other areas of my life, I had been quite successful. So to find out that I had a disease only partially explained uh, my dilemma. What I what, what I only embraced almost coming up to six years ago was what was necessary to. Um, become recovered, you know. Uh, I, uh, when I first came into the program and I found out I had a disease and I was told to stay away from my binge foods, I did that. And I was relying upon the fellowship. Today I understand I relied upon the physical, the fellowship and not the steps. And like him, I, you know, I, I felt I had it, lick. I felt that I could handle this thing with the knowledge. But what was the result was I left away 
for about 10 years, and I came back 100 pounds heavier. And when I came back, I was desperate. I was uh, willing, uh, you know, willing to uh, do what it said. And even then, I only did it superficially. I, again, relied upon the fellowship, uh, not the the program, of re- the plan of recovery. And today, I'm really grateful that um, before I, I leave this earth, I've had the joy of experiencing, of living a recovered life where the uh, problem has been removed, contingent upon my working these 12 uh, steps, and the joy of it is living in ten, eleven, and twelve. I get such a delight out of working with people. Uh, you know, the program, working it as it is laid out, has been my solution. And thank you for letting me share this morning. Thank you, Nancy R. Leanne W. It's your turn. Good morning. My name is Leanne W. from Massachusetts. And um, what jumped out at me this morning was the the lines where it says, my incredible behavior in the face of a desperate desire to stop was explained. Understanding myself now, I stared forth in high hope. For three or four months, the goose hung high. And why that stuck out at me this morning was because I was reminded of the times when I would seek weight loss in group face-to-face group meetings when I really just use those meetings as a means of dieting with group support. I'm recovered today, but for the grace of God, and I understand now that my recovery is not dependent upon my group support to lose weight, but on the, um, the plan that's outlined in this book, and that is further explained to me on page 17 Um, In the chapter, there is a solution, and here it tells me the feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us, but that in itself would would never have held us together as we are now joined. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out in which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to us, to those who suffer from alcoholism. And for me, I was seeking the common solution of the diet. You know, I wanted the common solution to lose the weight, but that never did it for me. And for years, I struggled in this program um, because that was what I was using the group for. But now I've learned through my recovery that it's this book and the message of recovery and working the steps which is going to, you know, um, bring me to that point where now I no longer have to struggle. And I was um, speaking to someone recently, which, um, you know, her words have continued to um, stay with me. If I focus on the recovery, I'll lose the weight. And if I focus on the weight, I'll lose the recovery. And that is just so true for me. And so I'm focusing on my recovery today. And, you know, and I'm doing the plan as it's outlined, and I'm just really grateful for, be, for being here. Um, thank you for letting me share it, Pat. Thank you, VNW. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, Hoodie had to drop out, so we are going to open up the lines to, again, some more shares. Uh, friendly reminder, if you just dropped in, we are on page 7, the second paragraph, focusing on that one paragraph only. And if you've shared the last day or two, please give the courtesy to those who have not. 
Okay, I'm ready for another lineup. Elizabeth B. Maria F. Janet E. Maria F. Okay, hold on, folks. I got Pete. Pete, someone. Pete, you came in first. What's your last initial? C. Pete C. I got Pete C. Larry K. Harlan G. Kim G. Shannon. Shannon, last initial? S as in Sam. S. Elizabeth D. And I could probably take another person. Janice P. Janice P. M. Okay. Yeah, let's go with those, and then we'll see what we have left. Sorry, I heard what I heard. Okay. Pete C., Larry K., Harlan G., Kim G., Shannon S., Elizabeth D., Janice P. M. So Pete C., followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Pete. No, you can you can get somebody else. This is Janice P. M. I didn't say my name, but thank you anyway. Oh, okay. All right. So one more person. Janet E. Maria F. Maria F. Maria F. Okay, there we go, Maria F. All right, Pete, go ahead, Pete. Thank you, moderator. Uh, You're doing a great job. Thanks for your service. This is Pete B. B, as in boy. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and grateful to be here on the line this morning. I love that line, self-knowledge, right? You know, like there's this idea. I had this idea. If I just knew more about the subject, I would surely master it. Right? If I just knew more about the subject, I would have to be able to overcome it. I was just a, I was a fighter up until the bitter end, and I returned to going back to fighting this thing, you know, often. And, and it says here, for this condition, self-knowledge will avail me nothing. Right? It's, you know, it doesn't say lack of knowledge was our dilemma. It says lack of power is our dilemma. Right? And, and you know, we, you know, it, it, that that means it doesn't matter how well, how much I know about the book. You know, we all we we we, we oftentimes I hear on this meeting we, we we praise the book, right? The object of the book is to enable us to find a power that'll solve our problem, and that power comes from a higher power, a God, if you will, of our of our understanding, right? Regardless of how much I know, what page it's on, who said it, what color underwear he was wearing when he said it, none of that knowledge is going to help me solve my problem, right? What solves my problem is grace, an unmerited gift from a power greater than ourselves. This is the worst condition on the face of this earth. There's no treatment for it. It only gets worse, never better. And the only hope we have in arresting it is by aligning is, is identifying and aligning our will with the God of our understanding, right? We can't be, we can't be, I can't be duped into thinking, man, if I only go to that convention, if I only know what page this is on, no, if I only can get connected and remain connected to the source of my recovery, the source of getting recovered, and that source is in a power, can't be human power, can't be the group, it must be a power greater than myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. Larry K., followed by Holland G. Larry, you're up. Hey, Amy, can you hear me okay? 
I can hear you. Okay. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, Larry K. recovered this morning. You know, I, I like what Pete had to say there. Um, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with, with self-knowledge. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I, I was, I grew up and, and I accumulated knowledge. I, 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 um, I really loved learning. I still love learning. And I love telling you about what I learned. You know, isn't that something about us? I really, I really, um, that, that's a part of it too. And I like discussing about things that I learned and so forth. But the thing about it is, is that, that was that currency, that knowledge was no good for me in, in, with regard to getting well. I think it was infused with, for me, for me, it was infused with a lot of pride, um, which was diametrically opposed to what the purpose of this practical program of spiritual action is all about. See, pride, it, you know, um, in that self-knowledge would, would avail me nothing, in, and I wouldn't be able to get well in this program. For this particular disease, it wouldn't help me. What the, what the whole purpose of this was, I certainly didn't know it going in. I, I thought, why, why am I not getting this? I read, my goodness, I read the big book in a week. I, I, I did, and, and I, bet I, would have, I bet I would have scored pretty well on a test had you tested me on it. I bet you I would. I can regurgitate stuff pretty good, not just food, right? I can regurgitate uh, knowledge pretty good. The problem was, was pride. See, that was a big thing for me. There was pride in that stuff. And, and, and if I was to be brought into alignment with the higher power, something that wasn't Larry, something that was greater than Larry, there was going to have to be humility. Another purpose of this program, part of the change for me is the humility. And so, you know, you work through the steps, and if you follow these instructions precisely, we move away from self-knowledge we learn some things, yeah, but we move towards greater humility and we move towards um, just a desire to serve others. And that happens because God effectuated the change. God brought about the change. I didn't. I just kind of chopped, chopped at the tree here and there. I don't want to diminish the importance of that, but I, I, was not the, uh, I was not the higher power, never was. And I learned that somehow experientially by working these steps. I think Bill learned the same thing. Maybe you, you, you did or you are in the process of doing that, too. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Larry. Harlan G., it's your turn. Amy, thanks for your service. That wasn't me. I was first reader yesterday. I did not punch in. Oh, goodness. My hearing just is off today. Kim G., you're up then. Thanks, Harlan. Oh, goodness. Let me... <laughs> I was feeding my dogs, waiting for Harlan's three minutes. Um, good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. My, and you're going to hear my dogs whining because they're not being fed. Um, my incredible behavior in the face of the desperate desire to stop was explained. You know, this is a beautiful, beautiful example of a recovered person telling his story versus an active drunk log. You know, we have seen the progression from excitement to necessity, to oblivion. We have seen the consequences getting more and more severe. And we have seen in the prior paragraph, he is now... Kim, he has been educated... Oh, there you are. Sorry. You're back. He's been... No, no, ed- you're back. Yeah. The man talks. 
he's been educated about the allergy and the mental twist. Um, you know, I know I came into Overeaters Anonymous, and it was wonderful information to learn that I had a disease. You know, when I hear and hear the goose hung high for three or four months, to me that reminds me of that pink cloud, that pink cloud of, of, of discovering the fellowship, of understanding that there's an allergy, that I have to put these foods down. But I think what I, I see Bill doing here and what I experienced myself was that there's a difference between the freedom from the allergy being triggered and the freedom from the mental twist being relieved. You know, when, when I put those foods down 100% and I'm past that awful withdrawal period, what happens to me is I begin to sleep better. My mind becomes less foggy. I talk about how, you know, the world sounded like that peanuts teacher, wah, 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 wah. You know, I'm reminded of being at meetings um, where I've seen someone get a 30-day coin, and they're up there and they're saying, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to get this. I've been away for 10 years, and I have all these 30-day coins at home, but I can't, I've never, ever gotten a 60-day coin. Why is that? Because the allergy has been relieved, but we're not treating the bigger part of our disease, which is that mental twist. You know, there's a delusion. My delusion is that, you know, Elimination of my drinking is but a beginning. It's imperative. Of course, I must be free from my alcohol substances. I don't know where all the chopping's coming in, but that's not me. Um, yeah, if that I was, was say, please mute yeah. whoever that is with chopping going on. To please mute. <laughs> if that if that was the answer, if just simply putting down my food was the answer, or alcohol or drugs, then rehabs would kick out one hundred percent recovery. So Bill's story, it demonstrates to me my own experience, the fact that I have to put the food down 100%, but that only makes me available for the true treatment of being a real compulsive overeater, which is these 12 steps. Because the 12 steps don't promise me I can be strong enough to resist the food. The 12 steps promise me that I will no longer want the food. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim. Sorry for the interruption. Y'all, we need to mute our phones, please, and give the courtesy to who is sharing to be able to share. So if you could all just make sure that you're muted before I take the next person, that would be great. Okay. Shannon S., it's your turn. Go ahead, please. Shannon, press star one to unmute. Is that you, Shannon? I hear somebody unmuting. Shannon S. Can I be heard? There you are. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Hi. This is Shannon S. Is and Sam calling from um, Recovered in Colorado. Um, and this is the first time I've shared, so thank you. Um, Welcome. Thanks. So. I use self-knowledge to empower my self-reliance. And I think that if I can understand, then uh, I can come up with the game plan and the solution. So, and this started when I was um, a kid growing up in an alcoholic home. And what I wanted more than anything was to be loved. And I, I didn't feel that I was getting that in the way that I needed. So if I could just figure it out and, I tried to um, be thin enough. I tried to be smart enough. I tried to wear the right clothes. Um, 
I plugged in a lot of different um, solutions. And when one didn't work, I just went on to the next one and was constantly using my brain to try and figure out the solution. Um, it was exhausting, uh, number one. And secondarily, it never worked. And, um, and so t- today, as an adult and as an adult um, recovered in this program, um, what I do know about self-knowledge is that it gives me um, a false sense of power. It's, it's for me, like a, a hit from um, one of the foods that I used to eat, um, that, that momentary sense of a high. And it, it, it takes me out of that place of um, God reliance and puts me into a place of self-reliance. And it gives me that momentary um, feeling that I've got it. Everything is going to be okay. Um, the problem with that is, then I start skipping down the road thinking that I am the answer and, and not God. Um, and I get into a place of ego. My, my ego loves that. Um, I'm either in, in that mode of self-knowledge and self-reliance. I'm always a hero or I'm, I'm a zero. If it's feeling good and working out well, I'm a hero. If it's not, then I'm a zero. And, um, and today, what I know is that self-knowledge never fixes anything. Um, my solution is to work this program each and every day and connect with a power greater than myself. Um, that that um, moment of self-reliance and self-knowledge um, gives me the sense that I got it and I'm in charge. And what I know today for me is that when I start getting into those moments of I've got it and I'm in charge, I'm in big trouble. Um, so thank you so much for letting me share, and I hope everyone has a fantastic day. Great, Shannon. Thank you so much. Elizabeth D., it's your turn. Can I be heard? Yes, I can hear you. <clears throat> okay, I need to pull over here um, and do this safely. My name is Elizabeth D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. I heard a lot of wonderful um, shares this morning and I don't have a lot to add um, except to say that I really think this is my favorite paragraph in all of Bill's story because it sums up for me the really baffling um, disease that I was of denial that I was in for so many years while going to OA and in OA and um, I guess I can boil it all down to a couple of things that I've, I've heard in, in uh, meetings and also read in, um, in approved literature. One was, God help me to see, that my, see the strange connection between my insanity and my ego the strange link between my insanity and my ego. Um, that was a, that's a breakthrough for me. To me, that really sums it up. The other thing that sums it up for me also is this idea that someone in, um, in these rooms shared with me, and that was you can't fix something that's broken with something that is broken. My thinking when I'm in the disease is broken. And I can't fix it with self-knowledge or more thinking or the right sponsor 
or going to the right meetings or getting in the right size body. I can't fix it with anything other than a power greater than myself. And that means, and, and I think the word self-knowledge says it all because it's self. I have to get out of myself. Um, putting the food down and getting entirely abstinence, abstinent was step one for me. Um, and it took me a long time to realize that the larger aspect of my disease, um, the more important um, um, thing that I had to work on was the mental twist, the mental obsession. And um, it's, just, um, it's just remarkable to me that, um, that, I, that God gave me the grace to, to find this. And I'm very, very grateful. And um, I will pass. Thank you so much, Elizabeth D. Maria F., it is your turn. Maria, press star one, please. Hi there, can I be heard? I can hear you. Thank you. I'm Maria F., I'm calling from Dublin and Ireland, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Thank you so much for the service. Um, I love this paragraph, absolutely love it. Um, you know, I went to town regularly and even made a little money. Surely this was the answer, self-knowledge. Yeah, and Bill thought that was his answer. I thought that was my answer. And the truth is that, you know, I had that illusion that self-knowledge would fix me, you know. And all it ever, ever did was kept me in my ego. Um, yeah, I had no humility in that. And it was only when I got the grace of humility through the steps um, that I found recovery. You know, and I would have that resolve time and time again, you know, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to put down the food this time. Um, and my experience was, you know, that mental twist, that mental blank spot won out every single time. Um, yeah, I was dealing with something that was much, much bigger than me, you know, and, and, and as we shared, lack of power was my dilemma. That was my dilemma. And, and if I'm powerless, then... I need a power greater than me. You know, I need God in my life. And it was actually God. It's God that, that, that helps me today. It's God that, that fixes me today and these steps. And yeah, working, you know, practicing these principles in all my affairs. That's what I need to do today. And yeah, lovely to have this meeting and lovely to hear all of you. So um, yeah, thank you. Thanks for hearing me. Thank you, Maria F. Hello to Ireland. We have a worldwide program. It's awesome. Okay, so we're ready for more shares. So we are on page seven. Uh, Melissa paragraph, G. One paragraph Janet only. E. Craig F. Melissa R. Craig. Let's see. Janet F. Janet E. I've got Melissa C. R. Grace F. Nessa R. Janet E. All right, let's go with those four, see if we've got enough. Uh, Melissa C., was it Grace F.? Was it F.? Janet E., Nessa R. Hopefully I heard these names correctly. All right, let's go. Melissa C., you're Hi. up. Hi. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much, Amy, for your service. Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and... Yeah, so my um, will is amazingly strong, you know, in other areas of my life. And it it was quite reassuring to, to know that that 
could be true, and yet I could still have no ability to, you know, to use that strong will on this disease. And, you know, my, um, when I think about self-knowledge and the reliant on self-knowledge, you know, if, if I know that I have something, if I'm giving a, a diagnosis or something, you know, from the doctor, but I don't follow through and I don't fill the prescription, um, you know, I would dream that I would recover from it. And yet where this disease is concerned, um, you know, in my early 20s, I came in um, to Overeaters Anonymous for the first time. Um, I was really overweight, and I found out that I could, you know, possibly have an addiction to sugar. And so that was the piece of knowledge that I took. And then I used my incredible, strong willpower um, to put the sugar down. And I actually was able to do it for a number of years because the motivation, you know, at the time, my disease had not reached its level. And my motivation was strong enough um, that I wanted certain goals. I wanted to, I wanted to meet a husband. Like, that was, like, goal number one. And so I knew I could not do it in the body that I was in. And I wanted a better job. And both of those things um, I, I felt I couldn't do in a morbidly obese body. And I was right for me. And so I got those things. And then, you know, self-knowledge is not enough. I did not follow the course of treatment, the full course of treatment. And so for me, the Gusong High was, was almost five years. And I picked something up. And the disease had been growing all that time so that in a relatively short amount of time, um, I was, you know, in the worst shape ever and could not use that willpower at all anymore. It, 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 I couldn't summon it up. And so it didn't matter that I could use my will for all sorts of other areas of my life. Where this disease is concerned, it doesn't work. It's not enough. I must have a power greater than myself. Thank you. But that will pass. Thank you, Melissa C. I think it was Craig F. that I heard. Uh, Craig, do you want to jump in there, or I could put you at the end of the line? No, Craig F. This is Craig. Yes, go ahead, Craig. Sorry about that. I kept saying Grace. I can't read my own writing. <laughs> Please oh, go ahead. Man. All right. Thank you. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, this, um, of course, like I think most of us, I tried self-knowledge, I thought, if I could read that self-help book and figure out why I was eating, why I couldn't lose weight, why I couldn't keep it off, um, that, um, you know, then I could just change, you know, I'm a, I'm an engineer. I have an engineering degree and, and, uh, you know, I think a life like, uh, like a machine, you know, if the, the, the parts malfunctioning, you, you, uh, turn the right screw, adjust the right adjustment, maybe replace the part. And uh, the machine functions well, and so I thought, well, that's that's me. I'm just gonna, you know, I, I'm gonna figure out that, uh, you know, I, I overeat because my mother starved to death and nearly in the depression, and you know, used to tell us horror stories at supper time, and we had to eat because she couldn't when she was a kid. And I, you know, wow, great revelation. It did not help. <laughs> you know, it didn't help because it. Uh, uh, it, it wasn't enough, and the, but the story, uh, this figuring it out uh, thing, reminds me that in the next chapter we're going to be hearing about Roland Hazard, and and here's a guy that that um, 
went to, and worked for a, like a year with Dr. Young, with one of the greatest psychologists ever. And he says, ab uh, above all, he believed he'd acquired such a profound knowledge of the inner working of his mind and its hidden springs that relapse was unthinkable. And nevertheless, he was drunk in a short time. Uh, you know, Roland Hazard thought he had it figured out. And when he went back to the doctor, the doctor gave him the bad news that, uh, you know, that he rarely saw anybody recover. But then he said here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. And, and you know, I, the getting out of the, getting out of the allergy that's that's relatively easy part of this it's the 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 vital spiritual experience and then i thought for a long time i need this vital spiritual experience that, that's what i need okay god i'm here hit me you know hit me with the lightning i'm 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 ready for that white light vital spiritual experience and and then nobody you know i i never realized the wording of the 12th step which says, having had a spiritual experience as the result of these steps. You know, I, I, I was sitting there thinking, if you'll hit me with that, then my procrastination, my, my um, you know, uh, in dishonesty, all those things that are keeping me back from uh, fully working the steps will go away, and then I can work the steps. And, the, and that's not the promise. The promise is that if I will work the steps and, and fully give myself to this program, that I'll have a vital spiritual experience as the result of these steps. And, uh, you know, and then I have the promises of freedom from food obsession, of living in the fourth dimension. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. Janet E. Hi, everyone. I'm Janet E. Yes. Go ahead, Janet. Hi, everyone. I'm Janet E., um, re recovered in Cuenca, Ecuador, and so so thankful for this meeting and the great shares. And I, I just remember this, just the absolute isolation and shame and desperate feeling of, I have to figure this thing out. What is wrong with me? Because um, I certainly couldn't tell anybody. Um, it was my dark secret. And um, so, you know, this, this lifelong quest to figure out why I can't stop eating. And uh, I remember one of the first books I picked up in the self-help aisle was Sugar Blues, all about sugar. Oh, this was what I needed to do is stop. But I, I didn't, I couldn't because I didn't have a power source that was greater than me. I was trying to solve it. I was trying to do it. And just the, it was so futile. And um, finally landed in therapy and the only thing and first thing that it came out of my mouth was I can't stop eating and I just didn't know the solution and I'm so grateful to know it today and that what I'm asked to do is to die to self and I have to keep discarding old ideas and keep my mind open and keep plugged into the power that it's greater than I am and you know I too made a lot of money had a great career and you know, if only I could figure this food thing out. And um, today, you know, I don't have to figure it out. I've got a program and a path that's been laid out, a toolkit that's been laid at my feet, which I've chosen to pick up, and I'm so thankful. Um, 
So my desire is to just continue to keep enlarging my spiritual life and stay in the book, keep the food down, stay connected and be useful. And what, I mean, wow, what a different way of being than, um, than having just the desperation of having to figure something else out on my own, lonely and full of shame. Um, such a different life today. Very grateful. And I pass. Great. Thank you. And on that note, Nessa R., I'm sorry, we've run out of time. I'd like to thank everyone uh, who shared today and to please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the share ID for today's meeting, Friday, February 8, 2019, is 12,522. That's 12522. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will uh, Jen A., could you please uh, take us out? Sure. Good morning. This is Jen, recovered in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourselves to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.